You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. We can never minimize the teaching of the Word of God. We can never minimize it at all because there is where we get our being. There is where we get our substance. There is where we know how to walk, how to talk, how to do the things that God wants us to do. It's through the Word of God. And we need to have that. Most common people that time didn't have scriptures. They did not have what we have. They had to be told. They had to be shown. God's plan for the Levites was that they be given cities and dispersed throughout Israel. God valued their influence so much that he wanted all Israel to be exposed to their dedication and ministry. In today's message, Pastor Dave will encourage us to make an impact for a difference in this world that he sent us into. Well, let's join Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 21 with part two of his message, Promises Fulfilled. Now among the cities which you will give the Levites, you shall appoint six cities of refuge to which a manslayer may flee. And to these you shall add 42 cities. So all the cities you will give to the Levites shall be 48. These you shall give with their common land. And the cities which you will give shall be from the possession of the children of Israel. From the larger tribe you shall give many, and from the smaller tribe you shall give few. Each shall give of the cities to the Levites in portion to the inheritance that each receives. So the Lord has given Moses this command. This is what you're going to do. You're going to get in the land, and you're going to do this. They're in the land. Everything has been dispersed. Now the Levites come forward. They go, hey, according to Moses, according to what the Lord said, we want our cities. We want our land. And I like this. The Levites are requesting these things. They're requesting what is rightfully theirs. They're requesting what the Lord had already given them. And I think you know where I'm going with this. As a victorious Christian... The Lord has given us great and precious promises. He's given us great and precious rewards. He's given us all things for life and godliness. He's given everything, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. But we, by faith, must take those. We, by faith, must accept those. We must take them and allow them to be ours. Luke 11, verses 9 through 13, when Jesus said, Seek, knock, and ask. The problem is not our asking The problem is our receiving. We're not taking what the Lord has given us. God's desire to give is bigger than our desire to receive. God has the storehouse full of blessings that he wants us all to receive if he's awaiting for us to ask. But James says you have a problem. You ask amiss. You ask for personal gain. You ask so that you can be a big wig, a big shot. Instead of asking for what the Lord would have you get. See, the reasons the Levites walked up to Joshua is because they know that the Lord had already given it to them. The Lord already told Moses. That's why they said, give us what the Lord told Moses was ours. In this word, in God's word, there are many, many promises. And wouldn't you want all that God has for you? 
This isn't a prosperity thing, guys. I'm not sitting here preaching a prosperity. This is not a name and claim it. I want that thing, it's mine. That's not that's what I'm saying. We want everything according to God's will. We want everything according to what God wants. The Levites don't want anything less. They don't want anything less than what God had given them, and they get 48 cities. How many cities did God give them? 48. I want what God wants for me. I want it all. I want what God wants for you. We should want it all. Whatever God has, we should want what he wants for us. How do we find out what it is? We ask, and we seek, and we knock. And we need the Holy Spirit. We're back to that again. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us and to show us and to help us communicate with our Father. The problem is not God's desire to give to you. The problem is we don't receive it. We must receive the things the Lord has given us by faith. We have everything by faith. We have everything by faith. The prime example of this is that Jesus died for the world, but the world must ask him into their lives. The world must speak to him. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. It's there. Salvation is for everybody. Whomsoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Salvation is open to anybody. Anybody. They have to ask for it. They have to ask. We receive by blessing, by faith. So the Levites are going to be scattered throughout the land, very much like the cities of refuge. Why? So people can get to them. If they're going to be spiritual counselors, people need to get to them. People need to know where they are. And among the cities given to the Levites are the six cities of refuge. Who better to give the cities of refuge to than the priests, than than the priestly people? Who better to take care of those? It's interesting that the Levites scatter throughout the land so they can teach people the law. They need to teach the people the law, and they need to influence people and the other tribes to be faithful to our Lord. This brings me to a major point. We can never minimize the teaching of the Word of God. We can never minimize it at all, because there is where we get our being. There is where we get our substance. There is where we know how to walk, how to talk, how to do the things that God wants us to do. It's through the Word of God. And we need to have that. Most common people that time didn't have scriptures. They did not have what we have. They had to be told. They had to be shown. They had to be shown what is there. And the Levites identified with the people, and they could explain these things to them. They could explain what was going on. And they showed them God's word. We use, at Calvary Chapel, we use Nehemiah 8 exclusively to talk about teaching God's word. In Nehemiah 8, a couple things I want to read to you in Nehemiah 8. I'd like to read the first 12 verses. When the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate, and they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly to the men and the women, and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate, 
from morning until midday, before men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra and the scribes stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And besides him, at his right hand were those guys. Verse 5, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, and he was standing above the people, and he opened it, and all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered and said, Amen, Amen. While lifting up their hands, they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord and their faces to the ground. And then those people said at the end of verse 7, All those guys and the Levites helped the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read distinctly from the book of the law of God, and they gave sense and helped them to understand the reading. That should sound real familiar. Somebody standing on a platform, teaching the word of God to those who could understand. This is what we do. We're not making this stuff up. We don't want just all of a sudden come up this way. This is right, it's right here in Nehemiah. They're understanding the word of God. And you see the Levites' task, what the Levites had to do, the Levites had to show them what it meant. The Levites had to help them understand the word of God. So you, you see this here. This is what they were doing. The cities of refuge. The Levitical cities were not far from anyone. They were all right there so they can get to them. There were 48 cities in all. And this common land. I love to call the common land that surrounded the city were the suburbs. They were the suburbs of the city. They were given to them. Why? So they had a place for their cattle, for their livestock, for all that they need. All their needs were met in this common land that surrounded them. You saw the dimensions of the common land. The six cities of refuge are included in this land that's given to them. So three descendants and all their people of Aaron, Kohath, Gershon, and Marai, they are assigned various cities. Now, the neat thing about this is, is that anyone could live in this city. You didn't have to be a Levite to live in this city. And in verse 4 through 42, goes city by city, all 48 of them, person by person, and tells you which one belongs to who. We're not going to read through them. Read through them on your own. Look at those names, and you can see. And as you're reading through, you'll come across Shechem. You go, oh, that's a city of refuge. You come across Golan. No, that's a city of refuge. You'll come across all the cities of refuge as you read through. But at the end of this chapter, at the end of this chapter, comes some, to me, of the most glorious scriptures that we could read. And this is where I want to spend the rest of my time. Let's look at verses 43 through 45. 43, so the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he had sworn to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and dwelt in it. The Lord gave to them rest all around, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. Not a man of all their enemies stood against them. The Lord delivered all their enemies into their hand. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Wow. I want to talk about God's faithfulness. I want to talk about how faithful God is. 
We see some mighty statements about God's faithfulness here. In 43, we see the Lord being faithful to the covenant he made with Abraham way back in Genesis. He's being faithful to the covenant that he made to Abraham. All the land that he swore to Abraham that he would give to him, all the land that he swore to Isaac, all the land that he swore to Jacob, he gave. He gave it all. In verse 44, we see that God has given Israel victory over all their enemies. God gave Israel victory over all their enemies, and he gave them rest from war. All this happened because Joshua had faith in him. All this happened because Joshua stepped out in faith in him. They trusted in him. They believed his word, and they obeyed his commands. In verse 45, we see that God keeps his promises. Joshua will remind the nation once again of God's faithfulness when we get to chapter 23. But there is an interesting, you don't have to turn there, but there's an interesting thing happened when Solomon finished the temple. When Solomon finished the temple in 1 Kings, he's going to dedicate the temple. And he's going to have this great big dedication of the temple in 1 Kings. And when you get to 56, verse 56... Solomon says this to the assembly. Now all the people are gathered at the temple. This temple that was real. Remember David wanted to build the temple? God wouldn't let him because of his sin. But David collected all the material for Solomon to build the temple. Solomon built the temple. Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem. Listen to what Solomon says to the assembly in verse 56. Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. He has not failed one word of all good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing that Joshua was writing. Solomon is saying the exact same thing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is the same We see his people as his children, as God's children. We can claim these assurances of faith. They're just assurances of faith. Jesus has come to give us rest from our labor. He's come to give us rest for our souls. And as children of God, we have a covenant with him. A covenant that was made by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the new covenant we celebrate it every time we take communion. The blood of the new covenant. The new covenant says that my sins are forgiven by his blood. The new covenant says my sins are washed away and cleansed by his blood. The new covenant says that by his blood I've become a new person. We have that covenant with God. And a covenant says that I will be with him for eternity. That's his covenant with me. Now what does that tell me? When I read these things... I can get real excited because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his promises are true. All his promises are yes and amen. In who? In Christ. People try to claim that promise. People try to tell you all all God's promises are yes and amen. And they try to claim that promise. And you go, wait a minute. You don't even know Jesus Christ. You're not even born again. You can't claim that promise. Because you've got to read the whole scripture. All his promises are yes and amen in him. In Christ. That's where our promises reside. That's where our promises are. Listen to this promise that Jesus told Martha. Listen to this promise that Jesus told Martha. You probably never hear it except on 
Easter or except at a funeral. It's a biggie at a funeral. It's a biggie on Easter. When we get to the Gospel of John, we'll read it. John eleven twenty five. Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you hear that promise? Do you hear that promise from Jesus, from God? I just got finished telling you that God is ever faithful. God will never fail in any promises. Listen to that promise. Listen to that promise. As a child of God, we know that our Father's promises are true. He can be trusted no matter what the circumstances are. No matter when we have our eyes on the circumstances and we see things all going crazy, like the world today, we know that God's promise is true. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'm coming back. So that where I am, you can be. If it were not so, I would have told you. I would have told you if it wasn't so. Another promise of Christ. And I always love to say that if he's up there preparing for a place, right now he's preparing us for that place. And when the place is finished, you'll go. Whenever he finishes that place for you, and whenever you're ready for that place, when those two coincide, you're out of here. According to God's word. These are spiritual resources that we can depend upon. These are spiritual resources that we can build our hope on, our faith on, our lives on. These are resources that we we can't let go, friends. Our God is ever faithful. Our God is a faithful God. Scripture tells us that He is even faithful when we are faithless. Say, we cannot deny Christ. And we must keep our allegiance to him. But yet if one falls away, it doesn't change the faithfulness of God. It doesn't change God's faithfulness. People come and tell you, well, I don't believe the scripture. That doesn't change who God is. That doesn't change his faithfulness. It doesn't change his promises. Just because you choose not to believe. It doesn't change him. The terrible thing is that too many people who name the name of Jesus show themselves to be unfaithful. And they turn away because of some hypocrisy to take his name. But the father never turns his back on the son. Great story in Luke. Great story in Luke. The kid who wanted his inheritance, who really wanted his inheritance, and the father gave him his inheritance, and he went out and he blew it. Oh, he went out and he partied hardy, boy. He had a great time. He partied and partied and partied and partied and partied until he found himself wallowing with pigs. And he knew he had to go home. He knew that even the servants of his father eat better than he was eating. If he would just go home and work for his father and be his servant, the father would would take him back in. And the scripture says, as he was walking down in, the father saw him from afar off. The father saw him. You have to understand the culture. They didn't run back then. The culture was not a running culture. He had to scoop up his robe and get it all around him to run to meet the boy. He ran to meet the boy. And instead of chastising him, it says he smothered him with kisses. Welcome home, my beloved son. Welcome home. 
He gives them the royal ring. He puts the royal robe upon them. He says, kill the fatted calf. My son came home. Think of that. When you have somebody who's out there right now, wandering around doing who knows what. The prodigals. The father is standing on the doorstep, waiting for them to come home. Arms are open wide, wanting to receive them, wanting to love them. That's how faithful our God is. Our God never gives up. Our God never gives up on those out there who don't know him. In fact, they will trample over Jesus' body to get into hell. He doesn't give up. He stands there with open arms. Stands there, a loving father, wanting his children to come home to him. The victorious Christian can stand faithful as God empowers us Even when you're having a hard time, God will empower you to get through the hard time if we will focus on Him and His faithfulness. Reminds me of that poem, Footprints. When he looked back and he saw just one set of footprints, and the Lord said, that's when I was carrying you. That's when I had you in my arms carrying you. We have such a faithful God. Such a faithful God. This gives me such great solace and comfort. I can count on him on every single circumstance. He knows exactly what we're going through right now. He knows exactly what you're going to go through tomorrow and the next day. He is faithful to see you through it. We can count on him in every circumstances to be faithful. Jesus is the insurance to us that God's promises are true. If all God's promises are wrapped up in Christ, that means God has promised you life and life everlasting. This is the record that God has given us eternal life and that life is in his son. God has promised you peace and that peace is in Jesus Christ. God has promised you mercies, which are new every morning, but those mercies are found in Jesus Christ. All the promises are in him, yes and amen, when they're fulfilled in him for us. The fact that God has sent his son is such insurance to us that's God going to keep his word. What more does God have to say to us? What more does he have to tell us when we read of his faithfulness? Why would we waver? Why would we ever waver? God has made us promise that we are going to enjoy his eternal kingdom with him. That we're going to be with him forever. Wow. Jesus is the affirmation that what God has said to you, he meant. And that he will keep his promises. This is the inheritance of the victorious Christian. This is the inheritance of the victorious Christian. And we must possess it by faith. We must accept it by faith. And say, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's all the time we have for today on Cape Watch Radio. We hope today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've learned more about God's faithfulness throughout history and in your own life as well. Be sure to join us next time as Pastor Dave continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Joshua. 
We here at Cape Watch Radio would like to invite you to listen to more messages from Pastor Dave by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com. All Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. That website again is capewatchradio.com. If you'd like a CD copy of today's message, just send us an email with today's date to info at capewatchradio.com or give us a call at 609-884-5821. That number again is 609-884-5821. We'd also love to know more about you and find out how we can pray for you as you continue on your journey of faith. Sometimes we all need a little extra prayer. We're so glad you joined us today on Cape Watch Radio. We'd like to encourage you to keep studying the Word of God and making Him a priority in your day. We pray that as you continue to learn more about the God-infused journey of the nation of Israel in the book of Joshua, that God will show you the blessings and promises He has for your life. And be sure to join us again right here on Cape Watch Radio.